This Morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. 6.06 here on your Friday morning. Happy Friday, everybody. Great to have you here. Technology moves so quickly these mm-hmm. days, and you know we head move. spins almost. Absolutely, you talk about AI and all the different elements uh, that are available to, to people. The the technology in in facial recognition has come so far from some of the old movies. Remember some of the old spy movies? Went, oh, scan that's, your face. Yeah, that's just yeah. Uh, that's science fiction. That's not real. And James Bond would kill a villain and then hold his face up to the yeah. To the screen. And now, now you unlock your phone with your face. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Super convenient, but there are problems mm-hmm. with it. Uh, some people misidentified more than others, including women and racialized people. So, what do we do about that? Daniel Konikoff is the interim director of privacy, surveillance, and technology with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing I'm great. Well. <laughs> Happy Friday to you. <laughs> Happy Friday to you. This is some heavy stuff for a Friday morning. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, we got to face it sometimes. Daniel, oh, that's got pretty fun. We got to face it. Oh, <laughs> my you. God. All right. Thank you. I'm he, here all morning. He, he has a nose for the puns. Oh, all geez, right. Yes. I really do. I yeah. thought I had a nose for the puns. You're, you're going to put me out of work. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. going to take that one on, on the chin. Um, <laughs> geez. <laughs> away we go. Daniel, what, away we go. what's the issue with facial recognition? In what form, in, in what use uh, do you have greater concerns about it? In what In what area? recognition technology first and foremost works by taking biometric information which is information from our bodies um, and then analyzing key facial features um, and making comparisons of those features either against live or stored photos. Uh, The concerns are numerous. There are privacy risks involved. Um, A lot of the time these pictures or photos uh, are gathered or our biometric information is gathered without our consent or without us really knowing that it's being gathered. Uh, And as you mentioned already, Stacey, there there are problems with misidentification. So questions of the accuracy and efficacy or or, or efficiency of of these tools, they often misidentify uh, marginalized populations. um, And there are are competing standards for what is regarded as, you know, like the the confidence threshold, how much, you know, what are the, what are the actual standards for making an identification. There, there's so much wiggle room here or so much inconsistency that it, it leaves a lot of room for, for failure. There is so much to unpack there, Daniel. A lot, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, How much time you got? Let's talk about the, the biometrics and, and collecting it when we don't know it's being collected. Don't we know mm-hmm. that we're setting up uh, facial recognition technology? Is it just on our phone or where else is this being used? That's a great question. So, of course, there are different contexts in which facial recognition pops up. Of course, we do use facial recognition on our phones, and I think we kind of understand that as being innocuous or a little bit more normalized, right? It's, it's useful. It helps us that, you know, if, we're, if, if our hands are busy and, and we only have our face to open our phone and we need to make a phone call, it makes it convenient. It could also be fun, right? If you use Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, you have facial filters that, you know, use facial recognition technology to, you know, put a fun spin on things, make you look like a cat and so on. But facial recognition is also being used across a variety of public 
and private sectors. So right now it's being used in border control or in policing. Um, it's being used in schools. I know that during COVID, we saw a lot of online proctoring programs pop up that used facial recognition technology to make sure that students weren't cheating, but it was also collecting students' facial recognition, uh, biometric data, excuse me, and using that to train facial recognition technology going forward. And then in the private sector, one of the biggest examples from a few years ago was the use in shopping malls, where Cadillac Fairview had set up facial recognition technology in information kiosks, where shoppers didn't realize that they were being watched if they wanted to go look uh, to see where, you know, where uh, H&M is or something. So um, that, w- that, that, that facial recognition technology was being used to analyze shopping patterns um, and, and otherwise just track people throughout the mall. So it's being used uh, all over. So what are the nefarious hmm. things that can come out of this? Uh, I guess we, we now in this era assume that we're on camera anytime you're in public or at a public place. But, you mm-hmm. know, so, so what? Yeah, you can use AI to come up with artificial faces all over the place. What difference does it make whether ours are in a database? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great question, and, I, and it's something that I think about a, a lot in my role at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, which is how much privacy do we want or how much should we expect? And I think that just because of we live in this very digital, tech-heavy world doesn't mean that we shouldn't expect you know, at least a reasonable amount of privacy. Uh, and I think that these risks can not only start with you know, our rights to equality, um, what with uh, what was already mentioned before, if, it, if these tools can misidentify people, that means that there might be a greater chance of it affecting certain populations and, and leading to discrimination. Um, but it can affect just our privacy and feeling um, of just feeling private out in the world or even in our own homes. And this can trickle down to our freedom of expression or our freedom of assembly, um, which might be at stake if we're constantly feeling like we're being watched. So what can we do about it? What do you want done? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, Right now, the laws in Canada are pretty broad, um, pretty outdated, uh, and they're split along public and private lines. So a lot of these more advanced issues are either well past what laws can keep up with um, or they just don't capture facial recognition. Right now, there is a bill that is before Parliament, uh, Bill C-27, which would be updating privacy laws and would be creating a new artificial intelligence bill, uh, a new artificial intelligence law. Um, But these laws don't capture facial recognition technology as well as they do. There is a, there are, there's no mention of facial recognition technology in either of them. Um, and though there, uh, though there is some progress that's being made, um, it seems that this is a big gap that needs to be filled. How confident are you that that bill will address the, the issues? Government will go through and it will get, you know, drawing information and experts, etc. But how many times have we seen a bill come out and it just doesn't seem to do what it's supposed to do? Where's your confidence level? That's a great question. I was I was actually just in Ottawa yesterday speaking before the the industry committee, the industry and technology committee. So I was um, looking at, along with uh, a bunch of civil society uh, experts, as well as folks who are part of the Right to Your Face coalition, of which the Canadian Civil Liberties are involved. And we were directing our our critiques directly towards government. So. 
Um, while I can't necessarily comment on how confident I am uh, that we'll that we'll see change, I do hope that the voices of civil society and experts and academics will be listened to here. So while the politicians work on that, what advice can you give to us? Do we not go on on the TikTok and uh, make ourselves look like a cat or put the glamour filter on? Or what what advice do you have for us? I mean, maybe this is boring advice, but read the privacy policies um, and make sure that you know how your data is being collected. Uh, that way you can Daniel, use Daniel, that's not going to happen. Come on. You don't on. think so? No, oh, I, I know. do not think most people read the privacy policies. <laughs> I know. You could. Tr- I mean, there are people who are working on making that more interesting and making it a little bit more exciting. But I mean, I, I would be, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't saying that people should be, uh, you know, shouldn't be shouldn't be reading those privacy privacy policies or at least trying to do what you can to do your due diligence to make sure that you know where your data is being is being used, how it's being collected, um, and how it's being stored, and whether or not it's being deleted afterward. Well, then there is an onus on self-protection. Yes, there, there's the mm-hmm. evil out there that could do, the, but you need to protect yourself as well. So if you're not taking those steps, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you get what you deserve, but I guess it's, it's sort of a, well, what, <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> it's a mix, right? It's yeah. a mix of, okay. yeah, it's a mix, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Have made, a great day. You made a complicated, serious subject approachable, so I appreciate that. That's my goal. Thank and, you so much. Periodically, it was cheeky. <laughs> I should, listen, oh, I aim for cheeky. That's uh, what I go for. Oh, uh, All right. Have a oh, great the Friday. dad jokes on 630 Chad. Oh, you have mom jokes I you do. love. Daniel's like, that. what did I just step into? Who did I just call? <laughs> Those people in Edmonton are little cuckoo. All right. <laughs> Daniel Konikov is the interim director of privacy surveillance and technology at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. You love it. But I want the glamour filter on TikTok. Everyone else is doing it. I'm just going to tap on the privacy, um, all of the, you know, the privacy write-up mm-hmm. here that will take me ten years to read, and I won't understand every second word, and that just doesn't happen. I enjoy wallowing in my paranoia periodically, and I'm all, I'm never, I never use the face recognition it's to on unlock phone. my phone. No, no. What if I'm just sitting there and uh, sleeping quietly? Somebody would just yeah, up to my face. You know what? Boom. It's so funny because Morley did mention. Uh, I posted a picture of me and my daughter at the at the hockey game yesterday, mm-hmm. and we do look alike and she has unlocked my phone and you know oh, in terms really? of in terms of misidentifying we didn't get into this but women are, are particularly susceptible i don't know what it is with our faces and we should maybe ask that um and, and so Daniel, can people. you call us back <laughs> um yeah so it's it's mm. but i guess if, if if somebody's tracking me maybe i want to be misidentified <laughs> Like you mentioned at the malls, they're taking facial uh, pictures at Cadillac Fairview malls. If I look up where H&M is, what? Anyway. Everybody's watching. I don't want to use my thumbprint. I don't want to use my face. I've seen too many spy movies of people getting their hands cut off so they can use their their thumbprint on on a special security scanner. Way too many intrigue movies. You're not getting into my secure area with thumbprint biometrics. No way. Okay. I know it's ridiculous. I, I, I've, I also wallow in ridiculous, not just paranoia. <laughs> How's your bunker? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming along. <laughs> bunker surrounded by barbed wire, yeah, oh no. fully armed inside. It's coming along right. good. Lots of canned S- good and ammo. Stuff you did not know about Daryl McIntyre <laughs> until today. <laughs> it is 617. We're going to take a bit of a break here on this morning with Stacey and Daryl. We're going to tell you what you can do this weekend around the town. 
morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. It is 6.20 on your Friday morning. What you going to do this weekend? What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's available? What can be done? Lots well, of stuff. There's tons of stuff. Uh, this is interesting. This is kind of a, a, a cool event uh, for Remembrance Day, but it's actually going to be on Sunday. So uh, the Cosmopolitan Music Society, Royal Canadian Legion, prevent, uh, presenting a musical tribute, lest we forget, and that's in uh, in Fort Saskatchewan at the Dow Centennial Center. So uh, it, you know, Remembrance Day doesn't have to just be one day. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can take some time in the week leading up to it, and that, that's one one fun way, not fun way, but it's a, it's a rewarding way. It's an inspirational way to uh, to mark Remembrance Day even a week ahead of time. Yeah, Alberta Ballet presenting Sleeping Beauty. That's a beautiful full production. That's at the Northern Alberta Jubilee Auditorium. Uh, that's then, yeah, Friday and Saturday. And then the other direction, you can go hang out with Ricky Skaggs, little 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 old time Kentucky Thunder, Kentucky Thunder, little little bluegrass, little little something something there. Yeah, there's lots of things to do at the River Creek. Uh, and then you can always hit the uh, the movie theaters. There's some new stuff out, including something focusing on the world of Elvis, but a very special person within that world. I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes. Got a couple of things for the big and small screen to mention here. New in theaters this week, Priscilla. Hi. What's your name? Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Sofia Coppola directs this film based on the 1985 book Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley. And it takes us through the ups and downs of their courtship and turbulent marriage. It's getting great reviews. You know, there's a lot of rumors about you. Was there something you're hiding? I don't have a thing to hide. I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you going to be here or not? New on Netflix this week, a documentary about one of the biggest names in movie history, Sly. You're ever on a train, and that's what your life is. Whip me by, it's gone. Filmmaking, it comes at a great price. There's no time for anything else. Sly tells the story of Sylvester Stallone as he opens up and offers candid thoughts on his success and his regrets. You put things before your family, and the repercussions are quite devastating. Now I realize that's all that matters. And new on Prime Video this week, season two of Invincible. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be my dad. What if that happens? What if I become him and I don't even know him? The first season came out in 2021. It's a superhero cartoon, and it is a super violent superhero cartoon. Definitely not for kids. Season one was cool, and I'm excited for season two. People of Earth, the more you resist, the worse this gets. I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes. 
So you love you a little Sylvester Stallone, I and do. you checked out one of the reviews for uh, the slide documentary. Yeah, they say it's a superficial dud. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. Okay, it's accurate. Great. I I like Sylvester Stallone's story. You know, and he's just so he's he's unassuming, and you didn't you wouldn't expect such greatness from he did that some, guy. He like, did Rocky, some great movies, but he incredible. did some really bad. Movies. Oh, terrible movies. Oh, lots of people. Terrible bad movies. movies. It's for the it's for the paycheck for sure. In fact, I you know. If Olive was a boy, his name would be Sylvester. Wow. I think that's a cool name. Wow. Sly. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if uh, my daughter was a boy, her name would have been John McClane. <laughs> From we were Die watching Hard? Die Hard when my it's wife went into Christmas movie. We didn't have a boy's name. We didn't have a boy's name, and my wife went into labor while we were watching Die Hard. So. Really? Yeah. I was listening to the hockey game as I was being driven in, barely making it to the Royal Alexander Hospital, listening. Would that have been me? What uh, year? 14 years ago. Yeah, what have 2008. Been I was listening. No, 2008? Yeah, 2008. Yeah, would have been, yeah, been me. Wow. Yeah. I was listening to you as I was pushing this kid out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I barely made it. I TMI. Was, yeah, it was. It, it, I needed something to distract me, and Morley's voice. Sometimes I just sit back and go, it's chopper traffic time.